exciting. This is Four Color Radio, where the notes meet the page. And welcome again, everyone, to Four Color Radio. I am your host, Jay, and this is the show where we talk about the music that comes from the shows that comes from the comics it's all very inception-y in all sorts of fun ways and tonight is going to be extra fun um because it's well it just will be and i i i won't i don't want to spoil anything i'm trying hard not to spoil things ahead of time and even on the teaser in last week's show i wouldn't reveal what was happening but it's going to be a good show so uh so stick around uh please that'd be nice uh as always we are coming from the origin rose studio here on sherwood park and we are streaming across the sound sugar radio network of course all of this needs to be acknowledged by the fact that the show is being broadcast from the treaty from treaty six territory the traditional lands of first nations and metis people uh without which we would not be here today um I have two awesome guests this week. Usually I just have one, but one didn't seem to be enough to cover everything that we have to cover this week. So uh, we are doing something uh, much different than normal. We are uh, we are doing something very comic booky. We are doing an official crossover, and this is part one of our big comic book crossover uh, with my uh, show companions on sound sugar radio uh, from on Broadway. I have Rebecca and Martin. And we are here to talk about Spider-Man. Cringe, cringe. <laughs> Hi, guys. How's it going? Hello. Oh. Hello. This is a homework assignment I did not enjoy. But anyway. <laughs> two hours of your life you'll never get back. Two and a half. <laughs> well, I mean, but you, you, you guys have watched. <clears throat> For the listeners, yes. we, are, we are going to be covering uh, the Broadway musical, the short-lived Broadway musical, <laughs> Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Um, and we're going to talk a lot about all sorts of different parts of it. Um, but you folks have watched a lot of Broadway, like a, lo- true. a lot of musicals. Now, really on, on the overall scale of Broadway musicals, <laughs> where does this rank? Oh. So you're saying one's the best, a hundred's the worst and you're, oh. you're scaling everything. Is it, is it close? It's off the charts. It's literally off, off the charts. Well, it's it's, it's interesting. On paper, <laughs> it reads pretty cool. If oh, you're yeah. just like reading yeah. synopsis, cast, music, you're just reading what it could be about and how it could be put together. Yeah. It's pretty damn cool. And but, it was it was a huge, huge deal. When this got yeah. announced, everyone was super excited because like yeah. this is awesome. Like they just got the Spider-Man movies from Sony that came out yeah. just before. Yeah. So it's like, wow, this is gonna mm. be cool. And then they start putting some names on there. You exactly. Got, like, uh, Julie Trainer, who is yeah. a huge name. Uh, I love her. Across the Universe is one of my 
favorite movies. And then yeah. you've got musical, uh, the musical connection with uh, U2. They brought in Edge and Bono yep. to do yeah. the music. And everyone's like, how do you fail? There's money. <laughs> there's dump trucks of money backing up to the theater. Well, and there's decent names in the cast like Reeve Carney, Patrick Page. Patrick Page. Uh, Natalie Mendoza. The the list is on and on. Like on paper, it looks good. <laughs> and initially, Alan Cummings was also signed up. Yes. To, um. And oh my gosh. Oh, uh, what what's her three name person? Rachel Evanwood. Yes. Was also yeah, like three they, names. No, they're counting their blessings now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so like are things like this common in Broadway? Well, I suppose they wouldn't be, or else we'd. You know, Broadway would be dead. But I mean, I mean but obviously, there's there's got to be people who back productions because mm. it happens in movies. We get like a Halle Berry Catwoman film, or mm. you know, something like that. So I mean, this yep. this Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark cannot be the unicorn no. in Broadway's history. No. Well, it is the massive one. So. <laughs> well, money wise, it's money, probably yeah. at the top. How much it bled money? And, yeah. Uh, it's um it uh, sadly it often happens that a show is is underbaked when it that's how I refer to them. He does, they, yeah. Underbaked when they arrive and and they open, um, things are just not ironed out enough before it's put in front of the audiences. Right. So this is this is no, no not nothing new about the process of developing musicals. <laughs> Although usually musicals do get a chance to um, do some out of town tryouts. Ah. Either it's in Chicago true. or LA yeah. or, or in some of the bigger markets just to kind of test things out and, and clean things up. And well, Edmonton's I'm, becoming I a pit Ed stop, like yeah. with Six and with Hades Town, okay. which Reeve and Patrick were both in. Yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting. But yeah, you're, you're totally right. A, a chance to try it out, to workshop it, to finesse it and see how people respond. Yeah, and that, yeah. uh, that didn't happen with this show because no. of the technical complexities. Yeah, oh. which we'll, so, we'll yeah. talk a lot yeah. about throughout the show. But um, the first thing we want to do is we're going to get into some music. Um, All right. We're actually going to play music off. Uh, well, I'm going to play on the first part of our big crossover event. Uh, I'm going to be playing some music off of the soundtrack, the official soundtrack, um, which uh, we were talking a little bit before the show started yeah. about what we thought about it. But uh, we'll talk a little bit more after we play the first track. The, awesome. Um, uh, is it just, yes, I'm just doing it. We're just going to do the, uh, the opening kind of uh, instrumental track, which is called the New York debut. Uh, and this comes from Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark.
that is the New York debut from Spider-Man, Turn Off the Dark, our first selection of um, music that will not really be that unenjoyable. Um, <laughs> and if you didn't watch the movie, uh, you didn't watch the uh, the Broadway musical, if you didn't see it or watch it on YouTube, you would uh, think this like, hey, this is... This it's is not yeah. too shabby. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it, it's, it moves, it has... It has d different arcs and different, like we were talking, yeah. how the music was playing, yeah. how it kind of taps into that superhero. Din, din, it din, does din, very din. much. Like I, 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 Martin's I like listen, shooting his guns over. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, hear, I, get, I feel that thing. Like it starts out with that very, very mm. edge yes. riff. Um, but it still feels, to me, there was a level of sophistication mm. about the first minute of it. And then all of a sudden it becomes like almost Batman 66. It goes into this super bubbly <laughs> yep. kind of stereotypical superhero music. And I was a little disappointed, but then it shifts back and then it blends. And I'm like, okay, they're really trying to appeal to everybody. everybody. Yeah. That doesn't seem like a good idea. <laughs> You try too hard and you miss somebody inevitably or somebody's <laughs> mad at you for something. <laughs> yeah. Has, has, have there been other projects kind of like this where they're taking something mm. kind of mainstreamy pop culture and then trying to, and I, I hate to use the phrase, make it fit Broadway. Mm -hmm. Cause to me there's, there's certain things. It's, it's kind of like when Alan Moore talks about his comic books being made to movies. He goes, yeah. if I wanted to make a movie, I would have made a movie. I made mm. a comic book. It doesn't Got translate. It. Yeah. yeah. So are there other things in Broadway that have been done that pulled from pop culture and tried to fit into that I, Broadway mold? I do think so. I think Six is a really good example in that sense of it's a story. Everybody knows about Henry and all of his wives. Right. Like that's not an old story. Well, sorry, it is an old story, it's but old story. they flipped it. They flipped it, right? And they flipped it in the sense of, now they're hearing it from the wives' point of view and kind of what they felt and what they were going through and how they didn't want to do what they did. And it's it was interesting to to flip the script, so to speak, and mm -hmm. hear a different side of the story and the different points of view from all of these women and how they, you know, they said, well, screw it. We're not going to be defined by his story. We're going to tell our own story. So that, to me, was brilliantly done. I enjoy that show a lot. Yeah, and that was... Yeah. Well baked. <laughs> that's a well baked show. It's gonna that's, be a lot of baking, isn't there? I'm Martin? hungry. <laughs> that's a show that actually went through a number of iterations. Yes, it started off as a fringe show. Or no, it, no, it was a workshop students. when they were still in post secondary. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. A, a workshop, and then it went through a number of iterations. It did. As, yeah. as it, as, so it had a chance to to finalize and formalize, and you know, like, uh, and the yeast had a chance to do its thing. <laughs> Sorry about dork. all of the it's all baking. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and but. Uh, Kind of furthering that, you know, the the thoughts on that question is, yeah, there there are there are a lot of jukebox musicals that kind of right. miss the mark because mm. yeah. because the writers are trying desperately to fit those songs into it's a storyline when it, it just doesn't. The lyrics are not. Yeah, you, you, it's a square peg round hole kind of situation, right? right? It's a whole right. category so, like that. So that's a really good comparison. Yeah, yeah. Well, one example is, and it's a fairly recent one, and I think the show's still playing on, on Broadway, and it's it's a jagged little pill. It's Alanis Morissette's yes. album that got turned right. into a musical. Yeah, the music is great, and they try to restructure the songs, mm -hmm. so they they're not playing the whole song the way she has right. it on the album. They yeah. kind of try to adapt it, but the lyrics lyrics still remained. And so they try to yep. fit the lyrics to these characters that they came up with for the story. And so in some cases it works, in some cases it doesn't. So oh, it's a hit and miss. So, so like mm. the Spider-Man turn off the dark initially, like the first good 
almost hour of the show is is lifted from the first Spider-Man, Sam Raimi Spider-Man film. Yeah. Gotcha. That, that, that storyline is it's pretty tight. They're just kind yeah. of following the formula. But when, when Rebecca, when you said with with six, they literally like we don't want to tell the same story everyone knows. We need to flip it. So yeah. should like should they have tried to do something different Ooh. instead of really kind of just retell that story? Like what I don't it, know. I I am uh, don't come for me, but I'm not a hardcore comic fan. Would they have <laughs> appreciated that or would have been like, you didn't tell the story properly? What I do you think? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how many comic nerds flew from around the world to go check out <laughs> go, go see some a Broadway, Broadway okay, show, right? Totally fair. And, um, and, and, yeah. I, and I think that's the thing. Like it, it, when we talk about trying to appease all people, it's like, yeah. would these, the, the producers of the show, would they were they really looking to, were they looking to put something on Broadway or were they looking to try to get a new audience in by sucking in comic book fans by well, coming to Broadway? I, I think because we were talking about Julie Taymor in the beginning and stuff and very different versions of this musical are out and about, right? So the initial version um, that I haven't seen, but I saw the kind of remade, renewed, whatever you want to call it, um, very different stories. And I feel like Julie kind of went a little bit more that way, adding some of the like, you know, fairy tale, Greek, medieval folklore. Greek, Greek yeah. mythology. Yeah, which I would have, right. I don't know, I would have appreciated to see some of that. Right. Uh, Me too, yeah, because that, that's a different, you, you don't want a carbon copy of something that's already yeah. out there, right? Right. And that happens with revivals of musicals as well. They mm. don't always be, uh, that's not 100%. That's true, uh, yeah. When they when they bring the show back after 5, 10 years, or sometimes 20, 30 years, right. um, it's always a, a brand new incarnation of it right right well like oklahoma we've talked about that yeah. latest reincarnation where it's you're not really out on the farm you are as the audience are like in the middle right and the show kind of happens all around you and, and uh, funny thing about that greek mytholo mythology mm. piece that she was trying to embed into the story i found that to be so the best part the best part. <laughs> Oh, when they, when they, uh, pardon the pun, wove in arcane, oh, yes. right, into the to the mythos, right? and, like, and and that's something we can talk about it yeah. after on the next break because there was there cause there are two versions of Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark, mm -hmm. and they do utilize some of the characters very, very differently. differently. Yeah. Um, but let's roll back into a bit more uh, music from nice. this uh, from the show. We're going to do a couple of tracks here back to back. First one is called Boy Falls from the Sky, uh, which is featuring Reeve Carney all on his lonesome, and then it's going to be followed. <laughs> up by a song called that. Rise Above uh, Part 1, which will bring back Reeve and pair him up with Bono in the Edge. Ah, lucky dude. I mean, if, if <laughs> nothing else came out of this. He got to sing with sing half with of you <laughs> too. So that's all right. So let's, uh, let's jump back into some tunes here. Let's kick it off with Boy Falls from the Sky. You can change your mind but you cannot change your heart Your heart knows when you're hiding Your heart knows where you are I think myself If I knew I'd become You don't have to fight to hide Oh, 
Distinct sounds of U2, but only half of U2 with Edge and Bono, <laughs> uh, composing some of the music there for Spider-Man, Turn Off the Dark. And uh, during that song, I got to talk a lot with our guests, Rebecca <laughs> and Martin, about their thoughts. They're, they're from the show on Broadway, also on Sound Sugar Radio, and they talk about nothing but Broadway musicals. So <laughs> they seem to be the perfect fit for this. And boy, do they have opinions <laughs> and thoughts. Um, first thought I would like to get, uh, or, or just Rebecca, you commented about how much you appreciate Reeve Carney's voice. And that was Reeve doing the uh, solo vocals before yeah. uh, at the beginning on Boy Falls from the Sky and then singing with Edge off and on, or sorry, with Bono off and on during Rise Above. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you, you seem to really. I, I do. I do. And I'm kind of thinking about what you said um, on one of our breaks here is that listening to the soundtrack alone. Mm-hmm. I, I actually really dug that second song on its own. I have Rise I couldn't above. tell you couldn't yeah. tell you where in the musical it is to be honest. We were talking about that too, right? <laughs> Memorable songs. I couldn't tell you where it was from, but um, I I've always had like an affection, a strong affection for a killer tenor voice. And Reeve can hit notes that most women can't. And just the the differences in his range and the growl and his falsetto. I just something magical about a kick ass tenor. I don't know, I can't put my finger quite on it, but it's it's unique and I dig it. Nice. Yeah. Well, and I did too. And and like I said, it was um, watching the movie and hearing, or I keep calling it a movie and <laughs> we, we shouldn't insult movies this way. You're in um, uncharted territory. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, watching the musical and hearing the music, I was completely unimpressed. Listening yeah. to the soundtrack completely on its own, a whole different experience. I could see that. Yeah. And, but I mean, like, 
that's what Bono and Edge do. Mm. Like they make records. They make yeah. generally really good music. Um, <laughs> there's the odd pop, you know, here and there, but you know, otherwise you two makes really good music. Um, like how Martin, like listening to the soundtrack, like how do you feel? Like, does it feel Broadway to you? Does this like, does this stuff fit or? It, it does in a really unique way, right? Yeah. Uh, because it's it's not your typical pop musical, it's not your rock musical, it's not a rock opera, it's not a typical musical theater. Uh, it's sort of a, a, a new uncharted kind of breaking the ground and coming up with a new way of uh, of, of uh, setting setting shows to music, and that's all great. You know, I'm all I'm all here for it. <laughs> Where it falls short is the execution, right? Like you mm. now, you take the images and the visuals. And put it against the music, and there's yeah. a big clash, um, and that's what yeah. I I can't reconcile it myself <laughs> in a way. Martin's dying over here. That's fair, yeah. And and as you guys mentioned before, like Martin is a guy who who loves his Broadway shows oh, yes. and only wants to speak well of them. <laughs> and now he's very conflicted because he's finding it hard to speak I'm well. Squirming here, and he, he is yeah. trying to pick my words. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's, you're doing very well, Mark. Thank you very much. I don't know how you're going to hold up in the second part when it's your own show and uh, you can run wild. All bets are off. Right now, we're we're we've got a schedule to follow here. We got, we got stuff to talk about. Um, how many other like are there a lot of musicals where uh, big name uh, music acts get this heavily involved? Because I mean, regardless, love them or hate them, U2 is one of the biggest bands of all time. It's like, true. You can't yeah. now to you know to grab half of them. Uh, which obviously is accounting for a good chunk of the budget that's going into this <laughs> musical, which we're going to talk about. Um, like, is this is this common? Is this like is this happening a lot? Well, I think both Martin and I have have exactly. You have a very different <laughs> example than I did, which is just how Martin and I work. We're on different planets, but the same book. But yeah, so same same universe. <laughs> it's totally true. Uh, the first thing that came to my mind is uh, Sarah Bareilles. With waitress, yes, like she she's had an incredible songwriting solo career yeah. for a long time, and then she decided, you know, this is a great story, and I want to put the music to it and help produce it, and I think that's a pretty successful. Like it was, it was here in Edmonton. It's been on Broadway. It's reopening on Broadway soon, mm -hmm. and that to me is an example of something that's been well done. And I know you have a Kinky Boots, is yes. another example um, with Cindy. Offer writing the music oh, right. and the yeah. lyrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I forgot she had done a Broadway. Pairing up with Harvey Fe uh, Firestein, who, you know, like, uh, and again, you know, you, and it's not like they they came up with something brand new. They wrote the brand new script. Like they took a movie, took took something yeah. that already existed out there, a story, right, and they translated in onto the stage. So yeah, you know, like you think that you follow that rule and that concept <laughs> and that methodology and you'll, you know, you should bound be okay. To, bound to succeed, right? <laughs> well, and then I mean, in Kinky Boots, you throw Billy Porter in there and you just got gold, right? So. <laughs> there you go. So, well, yeah. and with like, I, so I'm not familiar with the music, but like did Cindy Lauper kind of step out of her wheelhouse? Like does the music sound like Cindy Lauper music or does it sound like I think it's... So. Yeah, she's yeah. Ha she had definitely has her stamp on it, but yeah. okay. writing for musicals, it's, it, it's different than writing for yourself as a soloist or for, you know... You Gotcha. Right, a bunch of buddies that end up accompanying you, or or you know joining with background vocals. It's it's a different different way of thinking about the, what the impact the music would have on the overall story. Right, right. Mm -hmm. How you structure it, who gets to sing what, how many duets you have, how many solos you have, how many group numbers there are, uh, who are the evil characters, and all, like there's a <laughs> lot that goes into it. Yeah. And then, of course, with each character, you have you have to kind of come up with their own 
unique um, uh, marker for them, right? For their character, right? Right. Their sound or or, or their the way they sing. Or oh, the Martin, I just thought sing. of a bad example. What? Um, Martin and I, I can't remember what the show we were doing, but it was really recently. And, uh, oh, it was one of our decade ones when, uh, Martin and I did seventies one week and we did eighties another week. And Rosie O'Donnell is a pretty popular uh, name, uh. um, for good or for bad. I mean, some, there's no middle ground with her. Um, and she did, it was like a celebrity version. It felt like, um, to Greece. Mm. So Rosie O'Donnell played Rizzo in, in a Broadway revival of Greece <laughs> And I put it on our show just because it was so bad. <laughs> it was really, really bad. So, I mean, sometimes, you know, celebrity in air quotes works for you. And sometimes it's like, oh, Isn't. come on. And, but I mean, Rosie's comedian slash actress 100%. as opposed to musician. A hundred percent. Yeah. So uh, yeah. A, a much different, a much different take. You got so. it. But uh, speaking of musicians, let's roll back into <laughs> a little bit more music. Let's do a couple more tracks. We're going to yes, do uh, the next two tracks. Uh, the first one's called Picture This and features our uh, Mary Jane Watson from the musical, uh, Jennifer oh, Damiano. Yes. I was, I was practicing and I was like, <laughs> I was like, it should be it uh, coupled up with Reeve and Bono and Edge. And then that will be followed up by a song called I Just Can't Walk Away uh, and incorporate someone. I forgot to look up this person because they have a, their name is TV Caprio, like yes. T.V. Yeah. Caprio. And I'm like, that's yeah. a bold choice to go into Broadway with a name like TV. Um, <laughs> but that's just me. Uh, so uh, let's listen to a couple more songs. We'll come back and chat a little bit more with uh, Martin and Rebecca from On Broadway.
why this happens every time Give me any kind of sign Cause I just can't walk away You wait I won't I leave I don't I'll memorize What I have to say But he doesn't say it anyway I Can't Walk Away by the uh, cast from Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. I wonder how You should have did. run away. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, maybe they couldn't walk away. There was too much webbing on the seats and <laughs> kept people in the audience. Um, yes, we are, of course, talking about Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark, one of uh, something that should have been brilliant, hmm. yet um, wasn't. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and, and after our next set of songs <laughs> that we do in a few minutes, we're going to get into the stats and we're going to drop cool. a whole bunch of numbers on people that'll probably be like, what the hell? How did they, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, 
but we were we were talking about um, some of the, the the different people involved. We were before we mm. went in, we were talking about TV Caprio and yeah. uh, and you folks were kind of reviewing her resume, realizing that oh, there's another yeah very well well known, well rounded, yes. respected yep. thespian who got <laughs> sucked into sucked the, in. the dark. <laughs> As it were. <laughs> they turned the light off on, lights off on. Her. Oh, jeez. Yeah. On. I know, right? Um, so it, we touched a bit about this while we were listening to the last two songs, but it's why wasn't there somebody <laughs> saying, like, hey, guys, this ain't good? But like, Chief, Chief Baker wasn't yeah. available. So I don't, so I don't know. Like, I, don't, I don't know how the structure, like, I get how a James Cameron movie works. Yeah. He, Fair. he steps on set and just goes, everyone shut up, listen to everything <laughs> I say, right? But yeah. like, is it the same structure in a Broadway musical? Usually the producers are the ones that are yeah. skilled enough and they know enough about um, what what a marketable show is, not just by name and by who's in it, but mm -hmm. they also understand the story has to be there, the music has to be yeah. there, right? So they have that understanding and that choreography has to be there. Yeah. Costumes have to be good, sets have to be good. So they have that understanding because that's what they do, right? It's, that's it's that's, a big job. Yeah, it's yeah. Huge producing job. a show. It's yeah. it's huge. So they, if if you have that understanding, you know what to expect. You can stay on top of the people who you hire right. to get the yep. job done. Right. And I think that's what failed here. The original uh, producer uh, Thomas Adams, I think his name was uh, Tony Adams. He he passed away, and then his partner ended up taking over. That's right. Who is an okay. entertainment lawyer who didn't really have no a lot, much, yeah, no much about what it takes to produce a musical. Right, he knew he was signing up to do something big, right, naturally, right. So he trusted that the people that got assembled to do, right. like you know, Bono and The Edge and yeah. Julie, that they were big names and and with big reputations and lots of skill there, right? So yeah. that right, was, it, 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 that makes sense. Yeah. Like yeah. You, you, when you hire big name people, you expect them to have this level of quality yeah. and capability. And, and trust them that they will. And then, so I guess they never really stepped in and say, you know, that that, that logical mind didn't really kick in and be like, hey, wait a minute, you know, what's, where's the risk level? Where's the risk tolerance? Oh, you know? yes. Yeah. And so with, with Julie on, and the King and I, uh, the King and I. Lion King. Here I go again, yeah. the Lion King. Um, she had Disney tapping her yeah. on her shoulder to make sure, you know. Right. No, I hey, Julie. Yeah. And Disney's, yeah. Disney's really good about that. Right? Yes. That's a big thing for them. Yeah. Quality <laughs> control, right? Because 100%. It's for them. And then yeah. when you have a producer that's not, doesn't know what a quality control measure should be or how it should be uh, tended to or tended yeah. to, you just end up with this. With that. Right. Uh, with Keeps getting bigger and bigger <laughs> and you band-aid over band-aid and like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. And then you get, you know, year three in and you get uh, rescuers, as we call them, right? Consultants that come in. Mm, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Try to rewrite the story, maybe possibly throw in a couple new lyrics or songs. Yeah. And that was a big, that actually, the, the story did get rewritten, like mm -hmm. completely. There's yes. two versions of Spider-Man um, yeah. Turn Off the Dark. And depending on at which point, you're able to to get to it. You could see two completely different shows. And if if and when it goes to to Vegas, uh, which is which is which oh, was gosh. in the works and in the I talks, know. they Ugh. said it's a starting like a no clear, clear sheet of paper. Oh like dear, we're starting from scratch. Oh, oh. oh so my. who's going to give money to version three? <laughs> right, I don't know. We'll oh. see. 
Uh, well, let's uh, before we before we speculate on the on the because uh, the one thing that is true about comics is that nothing stays dead. So there mm. is a very strong chance that this it could is, yeah. come back again. Yeah. Um, and uh, there is uh, in in those regards as to uh, one of the most famous Spider-Man villains that had a death involved in the comics was Craven the Hunter, and he makes an appearance in this because there's a Sinister Six cabal. Yep. Um, which. I'll save it for your half of the show. I figure there's going to be more bashing in the second half than there'll be in the first. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, it, but the Craven the Hunter costume actually I thought was kind of cool. That one. Some of them are quite. That unique. one worked yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, others did not. Fair. Um, but you know, if you ever wanted to see an inflatable T Rex outfit, <laughs> uh, not at Halloween and in a seventy-five million dollar production musical, oh, that was the Jesus. place to do yeah. it. Um, but other oh. visually other cool stuff. The next mm. song, this this the the first of the next two songs that we're going to listen to, um, we all know where this song comes in because it literally tells you. Uh, the song is called "Bouncing Off the Walls," <laughs> and, and we talked. We have kind of varying opinions about how this particular scene in the musical plays Fair. out. Yeah, I'm a musical noob, so I saw this thing happening. I'm like, hey, that was pretty cool. That actually kind of gets the point across. Um, Spite Peter's getting his powers, yep. he's literally bouncing off the walls, and yeah. they were able to do these cool effects. The walls were all being held, and they were moving around and swirling and stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, you two don't share quite that <laughs> level of enthusiasm uh, with that particular scene. Um, I, I appreciate where they were trying to go, and I totally. I think bouncing off the walls, taking it quite literally like they were trying to, is a really cool idea. Very on the nose, yeah. but the way it was executed. Like, like we've talked about this a little bit before and we'll probably talk more about it, but you know, there's lots of scenes in this musical where yeah, like you don't see people like behind a puppet or behind a wall or behind another person. And it's kind of got that they're in the air effect, but when you can see the people that are supposed to be invisible, <laughs> it doesn't quite work. So I, I respect the concept a hundred percent. I right. think it would have worked really, really well, but it just, it didn't work. And yeah. to me, the walls, it, it literally made me feel like, 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 all those scenes in Phantom of the Opera, the musical that take place, that take place, like the story within the story, all the the operas mm. that they put right. on, right? And so now they have these special effects that they do that they used to do back in the day, right? Yes, with like pulley systems. Yes, and, like that's that's exactly how I felt. I'm like, you have seventy five million dollars in the budget, <laughs> and you come up with this. It looks like six people are moving a wall. <laughs> behind this flat and like it just yeah it did not do it for me so maybe the song hopefully will be a little bit more It'd be interesting uh, to hear it on its own yeah it'll be a little bit a little bit better than actually watching the the, the visuals of it um maybe don't close your eyes so that it doesn't come flushing back but uh we're gonna do the next two songs the first one's called bouncing off the walls uh and it's uh featuring reeve Car carney again obviously a lot because he was spider-man uh and then the second song is called pull the trigger um i struggled to remember where that song was Ooh. in the musical um the name didn't quite give it away for me but uh i don't think we're we're overly worried about it at this point <laughs> Uh, so let's just uh, let's just dive back into some more uh, Spider-Man. Turn off the dark. Keep it off.
gonna suck out my soul Get funded Or your baby won't live I'm gonna say no You need a family Yes sir Yes sir Yes sir And that was Pull the Trigger from the musical Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Uh, just before that was the song Bouncing Off the Walls. And uh, maybe if you're listening really closely to the beginning of Pull the Trigger, um, you probably heard someone say Spider-Man, Spider-Man. And in my mind, I was like, that sounds a lot like Stan Lee. Uh, and it was. It's a sample. Ooh, so, cool. And it's before they kind of roll into the rest of the, the we figured out what scene it was in. It was It's in the <laughs> laboratory scene um, where they're about to like move forward with the, uh, yeah. the Osborne's about to move forward with the experiments and stuff but uh speaking of experiments this has been a delightful experiment so far we're not quite done yet we still have a little bit more to go you got it a little bit more on this show and then we get to do your show oh it's gonna be that's gonna be delightful Uh, but now is the time on this show where we do some of the stats it's stats time drop some some funky numbers some of which you've heard repeatedly throughout the show because we cannot believe it um spider-man turn off the dark debuted june 14th of 2011 after 182 preview performances setting a Broadway record for the longest preview of any musical. Um, It also set another record uh, interestingly enough, it set a record for one week sales for Broadway musical of $2.9 million in a single week. That is, that's crazy because if you were averaging like 2 million a week Right, and you're running this show for a, even if you run it for a year, right? You've you've banked like a hundred oh, million plus dollars, yes, right? You're so doing true. Well. And that would have helped covered the cost <laughs> of the show, which we've reported <laughs> continuously, uh, seventy five million dollars to produce the show. Uh, it uh, didn't do well, and it was actually closed down on January fourth of twenty fourteen, um, and uh, it didn't even like get anywhere near to recouping its costs. Oh. It was pretty much done. Uh, the musical is based partially on the 2002 film, as we mentioned earlier. And the story uh, is credited. The initial story is written by Julie Trainer, uh, Glenn Berger, and a comic gentleman by the name of Roberto Aguirre Scarsa. Uh, Roberto did uh, a little bit of a run on um, Spider-Man. He did a bunch of stuff for Marvel. He's actually more well-known now in comic book circles. Uh, I believe it's, I think he's the editor-in-chief of Archie Comics. And he was oh. the one that actually launched the uh, the adult horror Archie line that's out there. So Afterlife with Archie, um, Jughead, The Hunger, uh, Vampironica. Um, So there's a whole, there's actually a whole line of like horror and and Robert was- so interesting. He was a a driving force behind that. I dig me dark and twisty. It was a little bit dark and twisty. (laughs) Um, Roberto was brought on a little bit later on. Um, The rescue crew. He was part of the rescue crew. (laughs) As we said, there's two iterations of the musical um, and the, uh, he was brought on to the production staff after the previews were receiving tons of negative reviews Mm. uh, and they did a whole lot of rewrites. Uh, Spider-Man himself debuted in the comics in a comic book called Amazing Fantasy number 15, which uh, came out June 5th of 1962, which was the last issue of Amazing Fantasy. Uh, Spider-Man was tossed in 
as a short story to fill a couple of pages because there was a story that Stan Lee wanted to kind of get out. Um, so uh, they kind of put it in, but the book had some of the lowest returns uh, oh. of any comic they'd put out and they credited it all to the Spider-Man. So Stan uh, hooked up with a guy named Steve Ditko. Um, and for comic book fans, the name Steve Ditko is a very, very tragic story. Oh. Uh, and... There's a lot of bad blood between Steve and Stan Lee. Um, and there's a whole, we could do a whole other show on that stuff. But uh, yeah, they put together and created Spider-Man, who's become one of the most uh, globally recognized characters in the world uh, throughout film, TV, video games, and most importantly, memes. So many good Spider-Man memes. <laughs> You know uh, you've made it when. Yeah. Amazing <laughs> Fantasy number 15 is now, uh, recently, is now the most valuable comic book in the world. No uh, way. Back on September 9th of 2021, uh, a, a copy of it uh, sold for $3.6 <gasps> million. Dollars. Oh, uh, it was. It's graded at a 9.6 out of 10. The comic book nerd fans will kind of know <laughs> what I'm talking about. But there is a grading system, just like there is for cards and coins and stamps and stuff. So gotcha. um, that record beat out Action Comics number one, which is the first appearance of Superman. But that, I get that. That Action Comics number one actually was only at an 8.5. It sold for $3.25 million actually earlier this year in 2021. Wow. Uh, 2021 has been a, a huge year for selling comics. Um, a lot of the key books we've had, I think there have been almost a dozen books that have sold for a million plus dollars oh this year gosh. alone. Wow. Um, so, you know, yeah, people aren't traveling, so they're buying comics apparently. <laughs> the people I, that are selling them maybe. Yeah. The money. <laughs> who knows? Uh, who it's, knows? It's working out. So, uh, wow. so yeah, so there's some fun numbers with cool. the whole Spider-Man game to kind of take the edge off of uh, the three of us having to watch that, <laughs> uh, the, that two hour and change YouTube videos of uh, Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. <laughs> um, we're going we're gonna to play one last song uh, before we kind of wrap up the show. Uh, it, this song is called No More. This one I have, I, yeah, I can't remember where it's from in the movie. In the, uh, ooh, I keep saying movie. It's like, all good. It's gotta, all, we're bringing you into new territory. <laughs> <laughs> so far to me. Um, but again, Reeve and Jennifer uh, doing this. Oh, actually, you know what? Now I can think of it is. I think it's in the beginning. Yeah. yeah, their duet where she's in her house and he's in his house, and they're both going through some stuff. And yep. yeah, yeah. And it's going to be a lot of fun when we do your show because I think we're really <laughs> going to start kind of breaking down the like. Well, I mean, it's already broken, but we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna try to we're gonna try to dissect. I guess to, maybe to look at some of the pieces. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because um, the oven on a little higher so it can bake. <laughs> it can bake. Um, I just like. Uh, and I think I asked earlier, like if there's been other disastrous type things um, mm. along this lines. But when, when we talk, when I when I mentioned the budget, and we mentioned it a few times, seventy five million in the in the scheme of Broadway. So something like maybe The Lion King, which I think a lot of people are familiar with, or yeah. Cats, or Rent, uh, or something like that. Like, how do they fall in line budget wise against? turn Ooh. off the dark like do you guys have kind of maybe any idea like relatively speaking or like a 75 an obscene amount of money for a broadway musical it definitely is yeah. oh, okay yeah. i think lion king own capped out at around 45 million and okay. that is 
uh, probably followed by Wicked and Cats. But well, yeah. usually it's around the five to fifteen million dollar mark is what a budget for a show is. Oh, okay. So it's yeah. not astronomical. It's not huge, well, but when you think of something like Lion King, if anybody who has seen it, it's like the costumes are ast like that. That's yeah. where all the money went because they're they're not just animals, but they're on stilts and they're on like planes and they're on like it's they went all out. Yeah. You can tell where the money went there for sure. Crazy. Yeah. Well. <sighs> The money, the money was put into this, um, and I mean, more or less, I think we got a decent soundtrack out of things. Uh, I, I would agree. I, I like that you 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 put it out that way because I I agree with you. I agree with you. Listening to it just now, I found myself like tapping to the beat. There's there's some good songs in here. Yeah. Uh, we'll hear a bit more on your show as well. But for sure. right now, I think uh, we'll get to the last song, which is no more. Um, Bit on the bit on the softer side, bit on the slower side. Um, so we're just going to bring the lights down for the last song of the show. Uh, we'll do a little bit of wrap up afterwards, and then we'll begin to uh, to to prep for part two dun, dun, of, uh, of uh, Spider Man: Turn Off the Dark. So uh, sit back and enjoy our, our last track for tonight on Four Color Radio. Don't talk. Just walk Going nuts Hate my guts Get good grades Another shove Stop being a loser Stop being in love And why do I need These stupid glasses I'd give my life to be Told I am 
no more from spider-man turn off the dark uh trying to yeah stop it <laughs> martin martin no is, more. we're not there's more martin because <laughs> we still have to do the second half we get to, we get to do your show uh very soon this and it's torture. gonna be it's gonna be wonderful <laughs> it's not torture we've already watched the torture's passes yeah we're that's just, true i guess reliving it um, I don't know. Might it's, cause some PTSD. But. It's living rent free in my brain. And oh, so buddy. I'll never, <laughs> never forget. It's just, just give you a day or two. You'll find something else on YouTube. It's fine. <laughs> uh, as I mentioned, we will be, uh, we will be, uh, you're, well, you're the part two, the on Broadway portion is going to air tomorrow after, you got it. after, uh, after tonight's show. So, uh, so I'll, I'll be back with you guys very soon. Amazing. Than soon. Excited. Uh, and thank you so much for, for taking the, and agreeing to do this rather goofy, <laughs> silly thing. I um, love it. I, I just hope you don't lose any listeners because of this adventure that we, we <laughs> I don't on. know. We, uh, well, I think you guys might be more Jeopardy than I am because we, <laughs> We had we had a couple of contentious episodes. One with uh, we did the Popeye soundtrack. That one kind of uh, ruffled a few. Fat, I it? thought it was delightful. It was it was a lot of fun, and we learned a lot of cool stuff. But, uh, <laughs> well, we'll talk more uh, about Spider Man Turn Off the Dark on Broadway. Yeah, uh, tomorrow night at nine p.m. So uh, hope it, everyone who tuned in tonight will check out on Broadway tomorrow. Uh, next week, however, I'm going to be joined by the man who led the design team for the uh, Edmonton Elks, our local's football team. Mr. Trevor Sieben and Trevor, I've known for ooh, a better part of 20 years, and he's put together a beautiful playlist based on the comic Love and Rockets by the brilliant Hernandez brothers. So he's going to be bringing us music that inspired the Locas and all the wrestling stories that Gilbert and Jaime and, oh, I just, you know, I should have wrote it down. There's a third Hernandez brother. And I'm <laughs> Really Boy, bad. is he going to be mad at you? He <laughs> might not be too impressed. But so tune in next week. Trevor will be here. We're doing some lo music from Love and Rockets. Uh, again, I am your host, uh, Jay Bardilla. Thank you so much for tuning in, as we say. And uh, once again, the show's intro is by my friend Phil Scott. So thanks, Phil, for all that. And uh, the theme music for Four Color Radio is composed by Mr. Adrian Ellis. Have yourself a wonderful week, everybody.